Hey everyone, Jessie Ledoux, Pageant Planet's Queen of Coaching here. We are so excited for today's call, but before we begin, we have a very special product of the week that we want to share with you. Steven is on vacation, so I put my heads together with the other queens in the business, and we thought up the promo for the Andrea Shoe. Now, the Andrea Shoe is a nude patent platform by TouchUps. It is so figure-flattering because it doesn't have any lines that go up the middle like other shoes designs you've seen and it has just enough shine to catch the eye but not so much that it detracts from it. It's a four inch heel with a one inch platform so it is so so comfortable and has a beautiful little buckle on the side that just pops for an extra detail. Now these shoes range around $62 on our shop however this week we are blowing it up with a 20% off discount for anyone that purchases the Andrea shoe this week. The coupon code, super simple. It's just Andrea and I will include it in the show notes. Again, these shoes are $62 normally, so you're going to get them for about 50 bucks with free shipping and returns, which is insane to think about. So again, that's the Andrea Nude Patent by TouchUps, four inch heel, one inch platform, the perfect nude to take you from day to night for all different phases of competition and for appearances. Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Hey everyone, Jesse Ledoux here, Pageant Planet's queen of coaching. Stephen is off today, so as you know, when the boss is away, I usually find a girl that can come to slay in his place, and I have found an amazing guest to join me for this week. She is Miss Gabby, Massachusetts 2018, top five at Miss America. What? So, Hi. Yes. Welcome, Gabby. And Gabby, why don't you go ahead? I know you talk about like your heritage is so important to you, so I know I chickened out and I just called you Gabby, but tell us your official name, your name, how you like it to be said. Oh, yeah. So my name is Gabriela Taveras. Um, so, yeah, I'm an Afro-Latina. I'm Dominican. I love it. It's just like all the good food, all the good feelings, all the good everything. Um, but, yeah, I'm so excited to be here just to tell you a little bit about myself. So I'm from Lawrence, Massachusetts, which has a pretty negative reputation just overall because we are a very poor city and we are a huge immigrant city. So for me, growing up in that environment, I overcame many adversities. If anyone watched Miss America, I survived like sexual assault, growing up in a single parent household, the daughter of an incarcerated felon, um, really you name it, I've experienced it, like gang violence, gun violence, all of it. Uh, and I really wanted to, I guess, break the mold of what it meant to be a title holder and to compete in competitions like these. So I knew that there was never a Black Miss Massachusetts. Um, initially, I was competing in the USA organization, and then I made the jump to MAO because I said, in 79 years of existence, it's time we finally had one. So I came, I competed as many times as I could, and I finally won. And it worked out for me because I was able to share my story, myself, with everyone at Miss America. And that was my goal was I knew that what, what I've experienced throughout my life is not necessarily unique. I'm just unique in the sense where I'm very willing to share it. And I wanted other people to see myself, my life experiences and things I'd have to overcome and understand that their story might be different, but it's still valuable and it's necessary to be heard and that we're all in this together. So I hope I shared that at Miss America and I hope that I can continue to share that throughout my reign. 
You definitely did. And I, I want to point out to the listeners who may not follow Gabby yet, um, what stood out to me about you, Gabby, is part one, you wore yellow for your evening gown for Miss America, which is my sole color. So I appreciate that. Anyone yes. that rocks yellow, like I feel like they have a spirit inside themselves that like is second to none. So represent. And <laughs> part two, Gabby's, um, Gabby's intro on Instagram is make a joke and do a little dance, which I feel like a lot of us can relate to. Oh my gosh. So actually I was hosting a lot of events in college when I was like a local title holder. I think I was Miss Boston at the time. Mm -hmm. And the VP of my school came up to me and said, you know, Gabby, if there's a phrase that I could just create for you on the spot, it would be make a joke and do a little dance. And it stuck with me all these years later because I really think that that's just like who I am. Like, I don't take life too seriously. I like to have a good time, but you know, I also just like to make sure everyone else is in on that fun too. Yeah, so we are going to talk all about some tips and hacks today. Correct me if I'm wrong, Gabby, but I feel like I've heard this like urban legend that you cannot have a makeup artist for Miss America. Is that correct? So it's really funny. You can have a makeup artist when you're there for preliminary. So a lot of the contestants choose to have makeup artists because it's just easier than having to do it yourself and stress prelim night. Mm -hmm. But finals night, you can't have a makeup artist, which completely seems backward to me because wouldn't you want us to look fantastic on finals night? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that. Oh, I totally agree. But I did hear about like the reasoning behind it where there's so much chaos, there's so many quick turns backstage, so you don't want to have people crowding that space. But I totally agree. Like, wouldn't you want the professionals to, like, do their job? However, you made a good point earlier, and I'll let you, I'll let you spill the beans later in the call, but a lot of the times professional makeup artists can make contestants look unrealistic of what they will look like all year long. So I do think that there is a silver lining to this rule because judges will see and evaluate contestants based upon what we can expect, because you don't, Miss America doesn't travel with a makeup artist. That's true. But also, I think Miss America overall is just making that shift away from what you look like. Mm. So with fair, like the, the, the elimination of swimsuit, for example, so it's kind of one of those things that's Cats 2020. On one hand, you want to see what they really will look like, but on the other hand, does it matter anymore what they look like? I don't know. That's I don't a, know. That's a very good point, and I hadn't considered that before, but this isn't a new a new rule, I don't think. I think, like, as if I, I'm a I'm a, people call me the pageant almanac, Gabby. I am like been a freak about the pageant industry for 20 years. So I'm pretty sure that that has been a rule from like the jump, but that is a perfect justification for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now it's just kind of like, well, does it matter anymore with the shift of everything? But it totally has been around forever. Mm -hmm. So in the spirit of helping ourselves succeed, Gabby, you have an amazing story of like rising above. So we are going to take matters into our own hands, and today we're going to talk about seven makeup hacks you need to know. And as always, we're using a combination of Instagram follower submissions. I pulled some notes from our Ultimate Makeup course that just launched, and I will include the link in the show notes. And you can find it by visiting pageantplanet.com and articles. It is like so chock full of goodies. You have to check it out. Um, and then lastly, Gabby and I are going to share some additional personal nuggets of information. So um, we're going to start with a lipstick item. And Gabby, do you have like favorite lipstick brands and how you keep, how do you keep them long wearing? Yeah. So I know that right now everyone's on this like matte lipstick kick. And while I love the matte lipstick for the Instagram feed, I'm not crazy about it when it comes to stage Mm. because you don't really see it and, and it doesn't pop as much as it could. 
So my favorite lipstick brand is actually Victoria Duke Beauty. Have you ever heard of them before? I've never heard of it. So like, yeah. So Victoria Duke Beauty, actually, I met her. She does like J Lo wears her lip gloss and lipstick. Um, like all the celebrities have, a lot of Miss Universes have. And I met her a few years ago, and she's just one of the most empowered women I've ever seen. She's completely built this like makeup uh, makeup school empire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I literally do not wear anything besides her lipsticks and lip glosses when I compete. What is so special about them? Well, first of all, she actually has like this, like I guess, scents and flavors that she can put into them. So that's always nice because mm-hmm. when you're on a cleanse, you really want some cake. Your lip gloss <laughs> tastes like cake. It's an ideal situation. <laughs> But it's very long-lasting. Um, it doesn't smudge very easily either. And she has actually a lip liner, too, that you can start everything off with to make sure nothing smudges. Um, and also, it's just she always makes sure whenever she meets you that she's pairing the perfect lip-makeup combination for yourself. Mm. And I think that that's really important because a nude for you is not going to be a nude for me, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And for me, like I like to use very like dark but still kind of light undertones because of my skin complexion. When I'm on stage, it just pops a lot better on my skin complexion. So that's why I love it because she makes sure that when she gives you a lip gloss, she's like, these two lip glosses combined will make you pop. And I've never gotten complaints, so shout out to Victoria. You're the greatest. <laughs> so the hack we're going to talk about today is lipstick smear. So the problem is there are two times where this can happen. The first is when you're initially applying your lipstick and you get a little sloppy with it. Like you, like your left side has like that perfect angle and then the right side like someone like nudges your elbow at the dressing stand next to you and you get a little bumpy. Um, So that happens. And then the other time is when like it just happens to smudge when you're in a quick change or moving around or otherwise. So if you're using a very pigmented color um, and it smudges against that flawless foundation, it can be like a big buzzkill for your look. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, Gabby, but like I feel like everyone has like a great aunt that struggles with this. Like after a holiday meal, they like wipe their face with their napkin and then it's a lipstick problem. It's a nightmare. And I always, like, feel bad because even if you see, like, your friends do it, you're just like, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so here's the fix that um, that we're going to share with our listeners today. The first is if it's just, like, a tiny little smudge out of line, um, I want you to dab the smudge with a tissue first. And I want you to dab. Don't rub because all you want to do is remove the pigmentation. So dab it really quick. See what comes off because you want as much to come off in that tissue as possible. Step two is to use a nude color lip pencil. These are very popular right now because like people are highlighting that Cupid's bow and it gives you like the best precision. So you can use that nude lip pencil to re-outline your lip and cover over any red or pink that might have spread. And if it's really, really bad, you're going to want to grab like a skinny eyeliner brush, dip it into your concealer, and that will totally cover the pigmentation. So that is how to fix lip smear. Oh, fabulous. I love it. That's what I have to do, honestly. I I never know, like, where my lip line is. I know that sounds so weird to say. I have, like, zero concept of my lips, so I always mess it up, and I just... Yes, that all of this. Yes, you're amazing. (laughs) Thanks for sharing. So the the next one we're going to roll into is the magic of powder as it relates to pageant shine. And this came from our Instagram follower, Olive underscore factory underscore. And she said having lipstick for touch ups, which we just covered. And this is where it comes in handy. And a clean sponge with powder is all you really need for touch ups. So the problem and how it happens, it's those like with combination or oily skin and like 
that's when like the real need for powder comes in because your shiny T-zone, like your forehead mm -hmm. and your chin does not equate to like the beautiful glow of a highlighter, which is super on trend right now. So instead, like it picks up sheen in all the wrong places. Oh, yes. Oh, and just like a quick fun story. I will never forget the first time I competed in a USA pageant because I swore I knew how to do my makeup. And I could show you such incriminating, like, blackmail, perfect blackmail quality content of me just, like, not even knowing what baking was. So, like, now I bake my face to the gods, right? So, of like, course. I will not walk out the door if I have not baked for 15 minutes. But I looked like someone took oil and just threw it on my face because I have, like, combination skin. Now it's gotten a lot better because mm -hmm. I've learned proper skincare, which is, like, the most important thing for good makeup application. Correct. But it was just, like, absolutely astronaut. It was amazing to me to see how oily I was. It's like, Laura Mercier is my personal favorite powder. I don't know. What do you use? So I love Kat Von D and I love Laura Mercier. Laura Mercier just came out with, like, this version of their, like, legendary loose powder it has a little bit of a highlight in it i love that for the summer but for stage their traditional translucent laura mercier is like where it's at oh yeah absolutely because it also highlights all the parts of your face that are important if you put in your t-zone under your eyes mm -hmm. and then just along your jawline it just first of all it, ha it makes your contour stronger and second it's like when the light hits you you those are the parts of your face that are going to light up the most and mm -hmm. those are the parts of the face you really want to look at we want to look at wh who you are and with that too, I'm glad you said stage lights because that's a lot of where the sheen comes from because it's not only the fact that it's hitting those hot spots on your face, it's also, the stage lights also generate a ton of heat and mm -hmm. you're already perspiring more than normal because um, anxiety, stress, performance, <laughs> nerves. Panicking. Just yeah. panics. So that's like when those stage lights, not only like it's already amplifying those zones, but the heat itself is going to make you sweat like uh, Jock Jam's 1999. Um, Pretty so much. How to fix it. So two options for how to fix this problem. The first is to use a mattifying primer on your oil prone areas. Um, this works best for people that have very combination oily skin, um, just because they can be drying and you do still want a hint of dewy youthfulness. So I'll use it like in the center of my forehead where I know I get the oiliest and right on my chin because mm -hmm. that's where I'm most prone to do that. So that's the first thing. And then like Gabby and our follower um, just mentioned, we want to always have powder at the ready backstage for super fast touch-ups. Gabby and I already mentioned we like loose powder for like the initial makeup application. But once I'm in wardrobe, I will typically stick with a press powder to avoid potential spilling or getting loose powder on my garments. And like this is one of those things where like even in my real life, I'll do my makeup and I'll leave and I'll have loose powder like on my black sweater. And I'm like, oh crud. And then I have to fix it. So that's one of those things. Once I'm already dressed, press powder is your safest bet. Yes, absolutely. I, I don't know about you. I literally have like a robe I always wear when I compete. It's called my like Whitney robe. So everyone at Miss America would laugh at me because you would always see me with this huge white robe with like this fuzzy, like it's all fake fur, by the way, but like this fuzzy hood. And they were just like, oh, Gabby must be doing her makeup. Oh, Gabby must be because like it, it's so real with the press pod. Everything just falls and it ruins your outfit. And that's not a good time. I'm impressed that you use a white robe because I feel like white is like destined for makeup stains so kudos to you for keeping that like together oh I love that robe that robe has taken me to Miss America and it will take me beyond I love it
So if you if you don't use loose powder already, you'll want to invest in a kabuki brush that gives the best application for loose powder. It kind of just um, makes it look more airbrushed. It goes on light more lightly. If you're using pressed powder, I like to use a sponge, as our listener mentioned, and you will want to clean this often because a sponge, like any other sponge in your home, whether it's a beauty blender or your kitchen sponge, it kind of holds on to bacteria, uh, so you will want to clean it regularly because bacteria, as we know, is the root of all breakouts and face imperfections. Absolutely. And have you seen how EcoTools actually created these new, like, angled sponges, and now they have cases for them? No, I've never seen this. Tell me about yeah. it. Yeah, so EcoTools actually created these new angled sponges, which I personally love. Um, I could be better about cleaning my sponges, but they do have them like little cases that they made for them too. So it's awesome because if you just really use it to put the powder and put it away, like if you don't have time to clean it all the time, then it's kind of a way to preserve it and prevent it from getting that additional bacteria from your makeup case. Ooh, and I've also seen another hack on Pinterest for this. It's if you have like one of those plastic Easter eggs, you can put your beauty blender, which is what like is my go-to. Once it like shrinks down to its original size because it will not fit like when it's all sponged up, you can put it in there and travel with it. And that does pretty much the same thing. Oh, wow. That's so cute. Yes. Love that. Okay. So we just talked about powder in the case of shine. We've already talked about lipstick. And now, um, okay, this is definitely me. Um, we're going to talk about mascara spread. And I made up this term, so you probably have never heard it before. But it's like a Murphy's Law type problem. And when I put on mascara, somehow, as soon as like I've just freshly applied it, it looks amazing, I get the immediate urge to sneeze. And I am a heavy sneezer. So like I will like scrunch my whole face together, and then when I open my eyes, I oh, will God. have dots all over my eyelid from oh. my mascara. So I call this mascara spread. Has this ever happened to you? Maybe not the sneeze, but have you had the mascara dot situation? Oh my gosh, it's literally all I do. It's not the sneeze, <laughs> but every I just I hate putting mascara on. It's the vein of my existence, to be frank. And the other day, this happened to me, and I was just like, I've had enough. You know what? We're just gonna go, we're gonna go with it. The lashes will cover it all. Oh my gosh! I so now I'm like, if I have time, I'll like hold a tissue behind it while I apply my mascara. It's just like ridiculous. And so like, here's how we can fix it. So with waterproof mascara especially, this is not something that you can just like use a makeup brush to blend. It actually needs to be removed. So I don't know a single person who does their eyeshadow after the mascara. Have you ever known anyone that did that? I feel like that's like impossible. I mean, I've, I've definitely done it before if I got really lazy for like a morning appearance versus a nighttime appearance where mm. I just didn't want to have to do my whole eye. Um, so yeah, it's, it's super inconvenient though. Do not recommend at all. Yeah. Zero of 10 recommend. Um, so with that said, like you're probably, if you get mascara spread, it probably is going to be affecting your existing eyeshadow. So what I would recommend, dip a Q-tip in a tiny bit of makeup remover, just the tip of the Q-tip. Don't oversaturate it because all you wanna do is just like we did with the lipstick, you're just gonna dab those dots to remove the, to the topmost level of pigmentation from your mascara. Hopefully it just lifts it. And then you wanna like, go back in and then you can re-blend because you don't want to rub it. You don't want to remove all of the hard work you put into your eye makeup mm -hmm. as it is. So just that dabbing and then reapplying will solve this problem. Absolutely. No, that's, that's perfect advice. So now moving on to number four, you want to always have a spare toothbrush. And I use this for like several reasons. One of which is not my, um, 
not my face related. It's like my hair related. I have a lot of like little frizzies that happen. I don't want to use oil on my roots because your roots are already oily. I don't want to overspray. So I will like spray a tiny bit of like hairspray on it and then just like do my hair that way. Do you do that? Yes. Oh my gosh. So it's funny because at Miss America, I felt like I was always asking Miss Colorado, Ellery Jones, like, hey, Ellery, can I use your scarf for my edges? Um, Like edges were a really big topic at Miss America. So what I used to, but obviously use it to um, like lay your flyaways, but edge control is your golden ticket to everything. Mm. I love the olive oil ones. Miel Organics has a really good edge control as well. Um, so if you use like edge control and then a toothbrush and then you lay it with a scarf, like a silk scarf, Mm. it is literally the greatest thing you will ever do because you just go about your day, do what you have to do. You take the scarf off and your hair is not moving for the rest of the night. Do you use a silk pillowcase too? Okay. So I did, I was in the moving process. So RIP silk pillowcase, really miss you. Christmas gift. Oh, what was that? Put it on your Christmas list, girl. Oh my gosh, no, I'm going to because my hair is starting to get frizzy again. And ever since I won Miss Massachusetts, I literally have not worn my hair straight. So I need to take care of the curly locks, you know? We have looks to keep. I So if you don't have a silk pillowcase, this is something that should definitely be on your holiday list. Because what it does is, I'm a stomach sleeper, I don't know about those listeners. <laughs> but like when you sleep on a pillow with a cotton-based pillowcase, it can create like wrinkles indentations it can pull your skin not to mention mm-hmm. like it will just like eat your hair alive make it frizzy all sorts of static a silk pillowcase everything just slides a lot smoother it's a lot lighter etc so it's great for your hair and your face like definitely a beauty must but anyway moving on to the real reason for the spare toothbrush um so this came from heaven.ballet on instagram gabby you want to read the submission from heaven.ballet yeah, so Heaven says that you use an old toothbrush and hairspray to set fire with baby hairs and for your eyebrows too. So you heard it here, people. If you want those sleeky brows, use a toothbrush. Yes, and eyebrows are like totally on trend. Thick eyebrows, like grown in, amazing arches, but they do their own thing sometimes. And especially with quick changes, full brows, like they oh can gosh. move around a lot. And like, like, Gabby, like, do you, are you on board with this thick brow trend? I want to be a thick brow girl so bad. You have no idea. I naturally have very thin eyebrows. So like when I grow them out, people are like, they look great. And I'm like, no, they, they're, they're fully grown out. Um, I'm obsessed with like, I guess the Beyonce brows, you know, the one where like, it just looks like they just brushed it up and that's all that they did to yes. it. Yeah. That is my dream. I mean, my best friend has incredibly thick eyebrows and I'm so envious of her. Um, but you know what? That's why you get to fill them in. So thank God for that. Because if you couldn't fill in eyebrows, I would just look like I don't like an eyebrowless person, which is fine. But it's not my look. It's no. not my look. No, definitely not. And I mean, I've seen your brows. You do a very nice job with them, I have to admit. Thank you. They do take quite a long time to to, to perfect. Well, mine are not naturally thin, but I fell victim to the overpluck of 1999. Oh. Yeah, and just like one side has grown in really nicely, and the other is just, I've plucked it to death. It's very sad. Very Have you sad. ever thought of, um, what is, is it micro? Like Microblading. Micro- it's amazing. I, you know, I see a lot of people that do it. I am not there yet. I can still do mine fairly well. Like, it's not to the point where I'm, I wake up and I panic. And this is another silk pillowcase thing is I find like if you're, if you are a stomach sleeper, like your eyebrows can shed because all of your hair sheds 
natural oh, anyway. Yeah. So you are more at risk. But no, I, I haven't like so if those listening have not heard of microblading, it's like tiny long-term temporary tattooing that's happened like it's like a little blade it goes in and it like literally draws on hair strokes so it looks more natural than if you're like filling it in with a pencil or a powder etc so it's definitely an option for those that do have naturally thin brows that are looking for an easier like getting ready routine yes i'm considering doing that just because i'm really tired of spending like 10 minutes on my eyebrows but I'm also a huge wimp and don't like the idea of anything sharp touching me. So stay tuned, everyone. Stay tuned. Yes, please let us know. And so, like, I usually use a brow gel when I'm getting ready in the first place. So I'll color my brows in. I'll use the gel, and it sets. However, if you find yourself traveling or without, like, the ability to, like, fill in your brows as normally – like that spray, the hairspray on the old toothbrush combing them back into place will provide like a light hold without too much product. So it is something you'll definitely want to keep in your back pocket as a possibility. Absolutely. I think Olivia, Olivia Copeland does that. I mean, her brows are always perfect, so it's very possible. She's literally always perfect. I'm I like, know. could you have a bad day, please? I know. Oh, and then like, so I, use, I don't know about you. I listen to Instagram stories on silent most of the time. Mm-hmm. And, like, I finally listened to hers, like, was listening to some all stories with volume. And just she's so stinking cute and charming. And she's an amazing singer, too, which I had no idea. What? Yes. I caught her. She was getting ready in Vegas recently on her Instagram story. And she was singing, like, a Christina Aguilera song. And I'm like, this is not fair. It just, it's cruel. <laughs> Cool I love punishment. how you're like, like you just know everything about it. You're like, yeah, no, like she was in Vegas this one time when she was like singing, and I was like, what? You know, some people work really hard at their Instagram and do a great job. She is one of them. So like, I feel like we are BFFs, one-sided creepy BFFs. I mean, I feel like a lot of people feel that connection to her. I personally used to follow her on Instagram, but then I started feeling bad about myself, so I like had to stop following her. Because I'm like, I know that we are the same height. I know that you are a tiny lady, <laughs> Olivia Copo, And you look like you are seven feet tall. And it is so upsetting for someone such as myself, who has a long torso and short legs, not by any fault of my own. So I'm praying for my children that they will get the chance I never got and have long legs and a short torso like Olivia Copo. Well, I am also on the long torso, short leg train, and we're doing okay in life. Oh, no, we're totally crushing it. But also, like, for the sake of just watching everything that she does, I'm like, I've had enough. I love you. I'll admire you from afar because I just can't. I can't do this. Well, then don't listen to her sing because you'll be like, you'll sink even further. But anyway, we should be, like, proud of all of what we have going on. Like, no no woman can dull our shine just because she also has whatever the phrase is. I don't know. I She's, yeah, no, we're totally crushing it. Don't let everyone uh, – blowing out your candle, someone else's candle, does not lessen your glow. What is it? Make yours shine brighter. That's it. Blowing out someone else's candle doesn't make yours shine brighter. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And that's, like, what you need to keep, too, when you compete in pageants. Like, you have to keep that mindset because at the end of the day, it's the opinion of five people on any random day and, like, five different judges, five different outcome. It just kind of depends on if it's your time or not. Exactly. So, like, if you focus on everybody else, like, I remember at Miss Massachusetts, I couldn't speak because I have nodules, which many people didn't know when I went to Miss America. I was, like, have, I was on so much medication, and I was, like, seeing doctors all the time while I was at Miss America 
because I was combating like a, a car accident I had just like had to endure, which completely just destroyed my body. Um, that ruined my singing voice, just a multitude of things. And I remember I was like, listen, Gabby, if it's yours, like nothing you do right or wrong will affect that. You need to just go out there and have a great time. Because at the end of the day, like you are who you are and God put you here for a reason. And that needs to be good enough for you. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to trivialize what you just said, but I need to make a pitch perfect reference. Oh my God. Yes. Go for it. I have notes. (laughs) Like that's yeah. all I can think of when you said nodules. Is that like what, is that the same thing? That yeah, everyone has? says that to me. Like <laughs> it's so funny because even what was it Miss Nia Miss America now? But time she was Miss New York, I was like talking to some of the Miss America um, candidates and was like, yeah, like I have nodules, whatever. And she looked at me and she was like, that's like a singer's worst nightmare. And I was like, I know. I'm very aware. Thank you. <laughs> I'm living the worst thing. And like, have you seen the Lady Gaga documentary? Yes, five foot, okay. five foot two. Yes. Yeah. So, so, good. so you know how she talks about how she has like really bad spasms and how it affects her singing and like her overall physical health. Yes. So I also have spasms. Um, pro- I don't know if it's the same as hers because hers are more in like her hip and her lower spine, but mine were um from like my thoracic cavity up, so from like my ribs up. And because of that, it like amplifies your nodules because you're constantly under distress. So she was like talking about, you know, well, I'm so lucky because I have money. I can just drop whenever. And, you know, I, if I need help with my spasms, like I can get help. She's like, I can't imagine what people who have this all the time who don't have the resources I have, like how they handle this. And I was like, well, Lady Gaga, let me tell you, sister, <laughs> you do everything you can and it still doesn't really work, but you make it work because life is good and too beautiful to be upset. So uh, you just like take it in stride and it's a lot of fun. It's really scary, but it's a lot of fun. Well, I, I guess I never even thought of it, but it is, it is key. I mean, with talent for Miss America, anything can happen. Like you just can't rely on the fact that everything, like if you have talent one day, it's going to be the same the next day, like conditions and like bodily functions are always changing. So something to keep in mind for those that are preparing for the talent competition is just take care of your body, be aware of your body and listen to it. Is that a good summarization of that? Absolutely. And just make sure that you also cut yourself some slack too, because if it doesn't go the way you want it to go, that's perfectly fine. Like coming back from Miss America, I mean, obviously we all know the internet is a beautiful place apparently. Um, So coming back, a lot of people had opinions on, you know, my abilities to sing and, oh, she was this or she was that. But for me, I really left Miss America and I was like, listen, at the end of the day, I was where I needed to be, which is fortunately enough in the top five. But I was like, I know that I had such a bigger message to share with the world than a 90 second song. And I wasn't going to beat myself over it because I do what I wanted to do, which is first and foremost, to have a good time. And second, to just share my message of just love, empathy, understanding, compassion for other people. And the fact that you don't know what anyone's story is. So you can't just draw a conclusion based off of what you think. So agree. And you should always be cognizant of what you're saying online for reasons far beyond this. But anyway, oh, so absolutely. little tangent, but totally worthwhile. I love giving our listeners a glimpse into like Miss America life. I think that is amazing. And so many of them dream of that. So this is very helpful regardless. But uh, if we get back to our faces, so number, number five, um, so we talked about mascara, lipstick, all that good stuff. Um, so Number five is do your eyes first. And this is actually most makeup artists like on the market or most makeups on the market are powder based. And that means that they are individual particles of powder packed into a compact usually. And when you put them on your brush, 
they spread, and something known as fallout occurs. And this happens with even the most high-quality eyeshadows. I love Urban Decay palettes and mm -hmm. colors, but, like, they have some of the worst fallout. And, Gabby, can you ex explain what fallout is? Yeah, so essentially, when you're putting makeup on your face, it's kind of like the sloppy second is what I like to call it. Oh, no! <laughs> it's like... The fallout's a sloppy second, so it's like you're doing all this great work, right? You're really just beating those eyes, blending away, and then as a result of all of this hard work that you're doing at the top, the sloppy seconds fall to the bottom. So it all just starts to fall right beneath your eyelid, or not your eyelid, but right on your cheekbone. Um, and it's just like less than ideal because if you've done a full face of foundation, now you have all this extra color that's being added to that foundation. Mm -hmm. And to cover it up, it takes a lot more effort because you have to put more foundation on top of it and concealer. And then you just start to look cakey. So it's just a very less than ideal situation. Yes, for sure. And I find that even if, so I, I am a definite, like I am the worst. I'm a rule breaker. I do my foundation first. But when I'm being careless and I do have fallout, I find that no matter what I do to try to get rid of it or cover it, I always have a raccoon problem. Like there's nothing that can be done <laughs> after the fact that saves it. So like when I'm, so if you want to break the rules like me or you do break the rules like me, this is something that like, if you just can't get over the hump to do your eyes first, which I will say most professional makeup artists are doing. So like, if you want to be like the pros, you should not listen to me. But in the case that you break the rules, I use like a tissue underneath my eye that catches those loop par loose particles. Oh. And it's definitely more of a hassle than it is to just do it the right way. But for some reason, I can't break the habit. I'm too old to change my ways now. But for those listening, you can. Well, if you also use like a cream eyeshadow, for example, like my entire face is Victoria Duke Beauty, I kid you not. So like she has really great cream eyeshadow, which I've never been exposed to previously because like you mentioned, a lot of eyeshadow now is more powder based. Mm -hmm. um, but I love using cream eyeshadows because you know that they're, it's not really going anywhere, especially if you use a really good primer like the Urban Decay um, mm -hmm. eyeshadow primer. Yep. So I guess it kind of is just like a preference. I love doing my eyeshadow first, though, I will say, especially when I do powder, just because at the end, when I put the concealer under my eyes, I can just make that shape a lot sharper around my eyes. Like some, like I know you see on YouTubers, like they put tape or something like that. Like I love that look personally um, because my eyes can, can work with that kind of look. But I don't know. I guess it kind of depends on the shape of your eyes. Yeah, I've definitely seen that. I love the way that looks as well. And I think like, especially when you're doing a more dramatic look, it's like the perfect final effect to like, just do that, like swoop to clean it all up, make it look perfect. So there's definitely pros and cons to both. For me, I just can never seem to blend it right. And plus I don't, I feel like the, my rest, the rest of my face depends upon what my eyes look like. So I like mm -hmm. to do that last and then kind of compensate and overcompensate. So um, we'll see there, but that's, that's a great piece of advice. Again, the pros consistently do eyes first. So take that for what it is worth. Um, but I want to go back to like your like skincare. Cause Gabby, you mentioned like great skin is like the start to a great face overall. Mm -hmm. So problem number six, that we're going to give you a hack for is flaky skin and dry skin is the worst. And for those of us on the Western hemisphere, like Gabby and I, we are in the winter season, which means drier air due to forced heat being pumped out and results in flaky texture and mm -hmm. like 
lack of like even makeup application. Like it's not good. It's not good at all. And it's hard to repair as like, there's an exfoliation process that has to occur. Either like you physically are using a loofah or a scrub or you just kind of have to wait it out. So once it occurs, it's there. Ugh. Oh yeah, it is there. I mean, I, oh, I hated like puberty because I just had the worst acne and like flaky skin was such a big issue because you just, you can't escape these, win like, the winters are so harsh and it's nothing you can do, really. Unless if you like do skincare every single day and really fight it out every day. I mean, I find that like, so I, again, I have combination skin. So I find that even when I'm like doing everything I can and my skin is perfect during the summer, doing the exact same routine, it's just the change of conditions. So you have to be prepared for it. So I pulled a really interesting hack from our makeup, our ultimate makeup course we talked about earlier. Again, you can find it by visiting pageantplanet.com and going to articles. And this is what it says, and it totally blew my mind. So it was a budget-friendly tip, and they say apply a light layer of Evu, which is totally a Rachel Ray thing. It's extra virgin olive oil to damp skin. So you apply a light layer of of Evu to damp skin, leave it on for four to six minutes, then use a warm washcloth and in a light circular motion, you wipe it off to remove dead or peeling skin. Mild redness will briefly occur, they warn, as blood flow is being released. And Gabby, have you ever done this? So I actually did. It's really funny because I think usually when you think of skincare, you're like, oh, I don't want to put oil on my face. But mm -hmm. really, you do want to put oil on your face. It's actually pretty good for you. Yeah, and like I, I like the idea of getting creative with natural products in your household. And I think this would be like a really fun project to do at a girls' night, holiday season's coming up. So like when your gang's all together, like give it a try. But I would say with anything oil-based, again, I agree with you, Gabby. I think anything oil can be really solid for your face. But like be weary of doing anything like this or brand new within a month of your pageant as you don't know how your skin will respond. Um, but again, if you have plenty of time before your pageant, give it a try see how it works that would be a really great solution for you to have and the other like caveat I'll point out here is if you are trying to preserve a spray tan it, any kind of exfoliation it. whether this olive oil technique or like sugar scrubs or whatever you use will remove the top layer of skin and make your tan look splotchy so only do this when you have a little bit of a warning time before your pageant and you're not trying to like preserve your spray tan Oh, absolutely. I mean, I never, when I first started competing, I never got a spray tan because I, I was like, I'm already a dark woman. Why do I need a spray tan? And then I saw what I looked like on stage without the spray tan. And I was like, oh, wow, honey, you look a little pale under those stage lights. Mm -hmm. So then I got my first spray tan and I didn't understand that oil was not a spray tan spread. Right. Um. So then that's like, and then I messed it up and then I got it fixed. And then I was like, oh, okay. Like oils, what you use to remove the spray tan. Mm -hmm. So definitely a good tip to highlight that and for all my women out there who are on the darker side spray tans are still your friends no matter what yes and a friendly reminder that ultimate makeup course is online now it breaks down everything from how to color correct best makeup options for different eye colors glitz versus natural different kinds of complexions and you can find it by visiting again our articles page on pageant planet and i will include the direct link in our page notes. So that, that are, those are my six. And then Gabby, I wanted to give you a chance to give us like your makeup hack for number seven. 
Yeah, so my biggest tip is to brief your makeup artist. And the reason for that is because I love telling this story. So when I first started competing, I had a makeup artist, and she was very good at what she did, so much so that every time she did my makeup, she essentially gave me a nose job. So, like, my face was just a completely different shape by the time she finished with it. And while you think, wow, that's great, right? Like, you're you're completely glamming it up. I don't want to be Tyra Banks, and I don't want to be Beyonce. Just, I love them. They're gorgeous. But I'm me, you know? And I really do believe that makeup is meant to be something that highlights the beautiful features that you already have. So that is, like, my number one tip, especially because at Miss America, I would unfortunately see some of my sisters, you know, they would have makeup artists do their makeup for preliminaries, and then they wouldn't be happy with the results because they're like, well, they made me look like this, or they made me look like that, or they changed this about me. And it really broke my heart because when you're competing, especially, you're supposed to be bringing your best foot forward. You're supposed to be bringing the greatest, truest version of yourself to that stage and in front of those judges in that audience. And I think a lot of the times, makeup artists... Um, not because it's their fault. I mean, granted, this is their job, but some of them have a tendency to say, oh, well, I'm going to do this because it'll make you look better. And really, I want uh, people who compete to get to that mindset of, I already look great, okay? Because <laughs> you cannot compete in a pageant. Like, you have to be a little bit of like a humble brag. Um, there's this thing that Oprah says that I think is so profound. She says, I need to be so full of myself that I can overflow on into others and pour into them and their cups. Mm. So I really think that that rings true when it comes to even preparing yourself for pageants, whether it be mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever the case may be, you need to be so full of yourself. And what is it that you want to do with the world? All the great love and compassion you have for other people and for the job of being a title holder and a servant to others in order for you to even be able to pour out into others, which I think is something I'm even learning as Miss Massachusetts, because I do appearances like every single day. I say I'm living my Oprah moment because I recently just left my job so I could focus on being Miss Mass full time and just really focus on who is Gabby? What is it that she has to offer the world? You know, I was I made it far enough at Miss America. Maybe I can make it a lot further on in life. But I was running myself into the ground trying to appeal and to do so much for everyone else. Um, which is, I guess, now just like a side tangent. But I learned about being full of for myself so I could pour out into other people. So that's like what my number one thing is, is just brief your makeup artist. Make sure that every time that you do something to your face or do something for a competition, that you're asking yourself if you're doing it for you or if you're doing it for the sake of other people. Because that's going to shine through, like first and foremost on stage. So you are a strong woman. You've like come up through the ranks, like you know who you are. So now looking back at that makeup experience, you know, it wasn't the best for you, but I think a lot of contestants aren't there yet. And they might be trusting this professional and they look in the mirror and they don't, if they don't like what they see, how, what advice would you give them to like, what would you say to that makeup artist and how would you help them like figure out how to alter that look to make it feel more authentic to them? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you don't know how to do your makeup and you're trusting a makeup artist to be really good at their job and to, I guess, put that image that you have in your mind into fruition, um, I really think it's important for you to communicate that. Uh, fortunately enough for me, I mean, I am, like you mentioned, I'm pretty strong. Um, so when I personally don't like something, I can be diplomatic and vocalize it in saying, 
okay, I really like what you did here, but is there any way we can change that? Because this is what I want it to look like, but this is what it looks like. And I think we don't, we don't do that because we're like, we have a fear of like confrontation almost. Mm -hmm. So like I, in my company I worked for, uh, it was a staffing agency. It's called Insight Global. And one of the seven principles of, uh, of our company is the confrontation model. So if someone says something or does something you don't like, you have the right to pull that person into a conference room or pull them to a corner and say, Hey, I just want to let you know, you know, you said this or did this and it made me uncomfortable. This is how it made me feel. Um, you don't have to respond. I know that you get 24 hours to think about what I just have to say and then you could come back to me. But obviously if you're competing, you don't have the luxury of time. You're kind of cramped mm -hmm. on it. So my biggest advice is to tell the makeup artist, you know, I like what you did here. I'm thinking I would like to change this because in that, in that one sentence, you were able to say, you're doing a great job. I love how you did my eyes. However, I don't like this foundation color. I think it's a little bit too light for me. And just being comfortable and having that kind of communication, because especially when you're a title holder, people are going to ask you to do things that you don't want to do. People are going to put you into situations you don't want to be in. And you have to be strong-willed enough to say, I'm uncomfortable. I need you to acknowledge that I'm uncomfortable and I'm going to be very respectful in telling you why. Now, what can we do to make this a more idealistic situation for the both of us? Mm -hmm. Because if you're not at your best, if you go on that stage, right, and your makeup looks awful and you don't win that pageant, you know what your first thought's going to be? It's because my makeup looks bad. Yep. So you need to know that when you hit that stage that you did absolutely everything within your power to be the best you could be. So when you leave that stage, if you don't win for whatever reason or you don't place where you want it to place – then you can at least say, you know what? I did everything that I could do. Because I remember at Mass USA, the second year I competed, I had my makeup was exactly how I wanted it to be. I loved my dress. My body was the best it, could, it had ever been. I was in the best mental place I'd ever been in. I went, I did my onstage question. I got a standing ovation during my onstage question. I was so overwhelmed and so happy just because I'd never even placed before at Mass USA. And I was second runner up. And everyone was like, are you upset? And I was like, absolutely not. I did everything I could do. And I'm so excited for my girlfriend, Julia, for winning that title because it was just her night. And I was okay with that. So that's like the number one thing I think that you should do in order to be, just to have a positive pageant experience. And I will say nine out of 10 makeup artists would prefer that you bring your concerns directly to them. I have heard horror stories about girls leaving the makeup room totally change like removing their makeup and doing it again because they didn't like oh yeah it. and then that looks bad on that makeup artist because when you go on stage people think that if that if people think that that makeup artist did your makeup and you come out looking different than what they did that'll mm -hmm. hurt their like that'll could have potentially hurt their reputation and then that could hurt your relationship with them nine out of ten times they would prefer that you go to them and allow them to alter it because it's their yeah. work as well so I would just say like it's a win-win for both of you if you're honest you don't want to be quiet and meek about it and go behind their backs that's just it's not going to be good for anyone absolutely and also for people such as myself like I have a very difficult time finding foundation colors because I'm like a weird in between like I'm that person that Rihanna created 40 shades and I was none of the 40 like I really was so sad when I went to Sephora and could not find a shade that matched me because of my undertones so um the only makeup that ever worked for me was Victoria Duke Beauty so I literally bring her foundation every time a makeup artist even touches I mean now no one does my makeup I do my makeup even when I go to photo shoots to be honest I, I get really scared when people try to do my makeup because I'm like no like I know how to do it I've been competing long enough but um I always bring my foundation and I'm like okay like do whatever it is that you have to do, whatever is the look that we're going for. Here's my foundation. 
this is the shade that matches me perfectly. I just want to save you some time because usually makeup artists try to mix their foundations to find a perfect skin tone for you. But if you're like me and you suffer from hyperpigmentation, my forehead is a completely different color from my cheeks. So it just, it makes their life easier too. And they'll appreciate that you are considerate enough to say, I know that you're good at your job. Let me help make your job a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Here's some of the makeup that I've used that I found great success with. Perfect. So in summary, we just went through seven different makeup hacks on the go on a regular basis. You can kind of mix and match. And in summary, I just want to say that the more you practice, the more you'll encounter these problems at home versus in the moment when you're under the gun to perform at your pageant. So like, wouldn't you want to be able to solve a problem in the privacy of your own home than in the stress of a dressing room? So moral of the story is you should be practicing your hair and your makeup for your pageant on a very regular basis when you have the ability to try new things and then you can correct as you go. So that is just the ultimate message here. And if something goes wrong in the moment, remember there's always a fix and you just may have to get creative. Yeah. And like Gabby, you had so many good nuggets today and you were so much fun. So thank Thanks, you so sister. much for joining us. I appreciate it. I had so much fun, honestly. Like I've been dying. I like love podcasts. I listen to them all the time. And I've actually listened to your podcast too. So I was like, wow, it's like my dreams are coming true. Oh my gosh. Well, it's going to be a super fun episode for our listeners. I hope they had a good time. So if our listeners like fell in love with you, just like I did, and they want to follow you, where can they find you? Yes. Yeah, so I'm honestly more active, I think, on my personal account just because I get one year to kind of, I guess, brag or not brag, but be excited about being Miss Massachusetts. So if they'd like to follow me, they could follow me um, at, on Instagram at, at Gabby, G-A-B-B-Y, Tavares, T-A-V as in Victor, E-R-A-S. Uh, also, I mean, you can definitely follow my Miss Massachusetts account as well. My personal is synced to it as well. So that's at Miss America, M-A, M-A for like Massachusetts. And I honestly, I'm not good at Twitter, so I wouldn't send anyone to Twitter. Instagram is the best way. And if you have any questions, you need any advice, um, I literally, I'm probably a little bit scandalous as a title holder. And I say scandalous in the sense where I actually give out my contact information to people like a crazy person because I want people to feel like they have access to me and they can talk to me. Um, but if you like have questions about makeup or life or anything at all, I literally get text messages, DMs, everything you can think of at all hours of the day and night um, for people who just like want to talk about life. So feel free to reach out to me. I'm literally an open book. I'm thinking I might just write a book at this point because I feel like my life would be at least comedic enough for people to want to read about. Um, so yeah, so anyone can just definitely reach out and let's be friends. Perfect. Okay, thank you so much, Gabby. And for our listeners, thank you for tuning in. And if you found any benefit in today's episode, please, please, please go ahead and leave us a five-star review. It helps more people like you see our podcast, hear our podcast, and get involved. So five-star review takes two seconds, but we appreciate it so, so much. Thanks, everyone. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.